You're listening to Run Chat Live podcast, putting the evidence back into running injury and performance. Hey people, you're listening to Run Chat Live podcast episode 66. My name is Matt Phillips, in case you don't recognise my voice. But now I'm going to hand over to our guest host for this evening, Anna Maria Mazzieri, Director of the ST School and the Hands-On Hub at Therapy Expo. Good evening, everybody. This is quite an exciting uh, opportunity for me to be live, run chat live, and actually host a podcast interviewing you, Mr. Matt Philip. Who else could I ask? Who else could I ask? <laughs> I'm a big fan, as you know, I've been a big fan of you for many, many years. In fact, for when you started, uh, when you're one of the first talks at Therapy Expo. So for me, it's a kind of a privilege to be able to to be here and uh, grill you about some of those, uh, some of your, uh, how you evolved uh, and what you are bringing this year. So... Apart from your gait analysis presentation at this year Therapy Expo, um, which we'll talk about uh, extensively uh, in a minute, you also normally uh, organize for people that they know you're organizing the STA um, web chats, but also the STA update theater this year at Therapy Expo. Tell us a little bit more about that. Thank you, Anna Maria. Yes, um, I really must get that. Um, mentioned first of all because yeah for the, the STA the Sports Therapy Association has been there for every year for Therapy Expo so we're talking since 2013 I think um, or even 12 the first year in Manchester and for the last four years I think I've um, hosted the STA Update Theatre which is basically an outside theatre with people walking past and stuff so it's very interactive with two days of talks uh, basically from podcast guests who somehow I've picked out of the year's worth of podcasts and invited to come and whoever has been able to. Um, it's great. We're going to have uh, about 14 talks this year and I'm very much looking forward to it. So if people want details of that, then just go to Therapy Expo now because it's less than four weeks away. Um, or you can look at, if you follow the uh, UK underscore STA, then you'll see that the speakers are being announced on there on a pretty much daily basis as well. Um, but like you say, I'm managing to drag myself away from those two days um, to walk about 30 metres across Therapy Expo for one of the presentations in the Hands-On Hub, which is so exciting as well, because you've been there. This will be the second year, yeah? Yeah, the, the Hands-On Hub is the second year that is there. We've been there in previous years, but we created this particular space uh, to translate evidence into clinical practice. So it's we're quite excited about it and quite excited about your talk there because it's exactly that's what it is. It represents what what does evidence telling us about what does it look like inside the room? So you know it's quite it's quite an exciting but we'll talk about it in a minute. I want to know first so for people that they are they're joining now and they are um, might not be aware what Run Chat Live is. Um, tell us a little bit about it, and maybe also mention about the conference uh, that you hosted. That's a that's a good question. Yes, you should do this professionally, Anna Maria. I'm really impressed so far. Just want to say it's great. Um, yeah, so Run Chat Live has been around in one form or another 
I think originally it started as Sport Injury Matt. Um, but yes, it was. Remember, yeah, the, with those kind of weird stick figures and lunges and stuff. Yeah, yes. there's a lot of Please experiment. go and look my at experimental the years, my progressive years. Yeah, but um, essentially, it's be the ninth year. I started off in Therapy Expo and the second one in Manchester in 2014 and did a couple of presentations there on running injuries and working with runners in the off season and, uh, and a little bit about pain and stuff. And, um, and it was great. And actually, I mean, that kind of started off my journey into making sure that one chat live was performance. So the name itself kind of implies quite heavily that there's a bit of evidence missing from it. Um, and that evidence over the last nine years has kind of thankfully gained more and more validity because we've been presented now with models like the biopsychosocial model, which essentially, although it's not perfect, it's kind of summing up the sort of things I was reading and trying to say in 2014 in the sense that in running, it's really it's really in your face because we it's very tempting to look at the way a runner moves and say, ah, that's what's causing your knee pain or that way that moves is causing your ankle pain. And in some cases that might be true, but when you delve into the research, you can see that people moving in exactly the same way aren't getting ITB syndrome or aren't suffering from Achilles issues. And also some people who are moving in the opposite way. So let's imagine they've got femoral abduction and external rotation. They are getting ITB syndrome. So what the research has shown for an awful long time now is that humans are individuals and it's not just about the mechanics the mechanics obviously makes a difference and that's something which after nine years now i'm involving more in the gait analysis presentations and course and stuff but it's really heavily about the other stuff it's all biopsychosocial is one massive organism that moves together and it's very complex but it's the it's the psycho and social input um which i think really helps clinicians do better with the runners they've got instead of what i estimate is probably 50 percent or something success at the moment when you just concentrate on giving people the biomechanical approach but how so matt how have you found this you know this this evolution you know coming from a manual therapy approach which you were but also as a runner approach and uh, where biomechanics we know very well they were kind of our bread and butter or we understood the world we understood injury through biomechanics you were one of the few actually they started coming in with bringing this evidence which back along was quite challenging for some people to to appreciate in, in, in maybe in client care was a bit different but actually in something like running which again i repeat is very people sees it under much more of a biomechanical lens. It was quite difficult to, to grasp, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've got to jump in now and say that, yes, in 2014, in fact, for people listening or watching YouTube or Facebook stream, then I'm going to bring some slides up. But for people listening to the podcast, then I'll describe what's coming up. But if I, I brought a slide of kind of some of the speakers who were here in 2014 in Manchester, which is the first one I attended, and it kind of allows me to shout out on the giants, the shoulders, which I kind of stood on or very much next to in many cases. So if you're if you listen to the podcast, then I've just got a list of some of the speakers who were there at 2014, um, as well as myself. So um, there was Mike Rice, who obviously is still working very much these days. Um, but particularly, I want to point out Adam Meekins was there. 
Okay, and guess what? Manual therapy miss. I mean, this is why sometimes I think Adam sounds so angry because he was kind of saying these things back in 2014 and a lot of the profession maybe hasn't quite caught up. Um, but also there was people like Seth O'Neill who was coming out with some very interesting um, research at the time about the importance um, of the soleus um, and different approaches to tendinopathy back at the time, introduction of more strength training rather than stretching, things like that. There was Mike Stewart, a massive shout out for Mike Stewart, mm-hmm. who was kind of a prodigy of, of Louis Gifford at the time, um, actually kind of studied with him for a while. And he was there talking about the language of pain, which yes, at the time, no one really at an expo as big as therapy expo which at the time was very manual therapy based in the sense that it was very much massage oils different machines which is fine but suddenly this guy mike stewart with his wonderful finger traps and things was talking about hold on maybe it's important what comes out of our mouth as well as what we're doing with our hands and so people like that and ian griffiths was there as well who was challenging over pronation which totally i'd a not an argument because this was 2014 on Twitter when people didn't argue so much, but a discussion with Ian Griffiths about overpronation because I'd learned it with the NASM, the National Academy of Sports Medicine, um, as a term which which I used, um, albeit to describe what was happening at, 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 uh, as a, a, foot lab, a, a combination of yeah the tibia and the ankle and the foot. But we got in this com- uh, conversation where he was saying we should get rid of the word and it was really interesting and it pretty much made me very much change and give me the confidence to set up a different gait analysis approach and make me very unpopular with all the shoe shops around me. And that's pretty much where it all started. It just, these people kind of just gave me confidence um, as well as other people like Greg Lehman, obviously, um, Paul Ingram, Tony Ingram, um, other names, which I should be mentioning and I'm not, but um, cause I can't remember them, but yeah, so many people with shoulders who's all I did was I just, geeked away on them and i thought this is something that needs to be presented to the masses and i'm here and i can do that so so yeah um i think i was just a conduit at the time and and it if anything it was a little bit ahead of the time because i was a little bit the first 2014 i was probably a little bit shy and probably didn't drive at home enough in fact my presentation for 2014 was pretty much just a list of all the people i liked which i look back <laughs> now it was such a bad marketing spree i was just sharing the websites of greg lame go here for your running stuff Paul England, go there for your pain signs all of this you know i was just you know sharing everything i could because i just felt so humble that i wanted everyone to know and then kind of 2016 uh, 15 came along and i got a little bit more confident but by the time we got to 2016, I want to show you some of the slides, actually, which which I was showing in 2016, because they do horrify me a little bit and it explains why I am where I am today and, and, and why, I, why I disappeared for probably about five years. And it took you to, to bring me back. But I'm going to share my screen. By 2016, I was kind of a little bit of a star there. I'd been there three years in a row. I was talking about all this pain stuff in quite a wacky, gimmicky, typical Matt Phillips type way on the stage. And even like they were making me believe it because in the in the uh, kind of uh, online magazines and things for it um, they had for example photos of me with one show you do not want to miss and it was like really drumming it up because they knew that I was kind of getting the crowds in and little photos in here I'm not showing off here I'm just showing imagine what it was like for me in the third year just having like 120 130 people in there all smiling and and waving you know so but my reaction to this power and I think this is something I really realize now and i try and help other educators to be aware of and wary of 
is I did start coming out well for some I mean I was trying to get their attention so you can't see this on the screen but basically I've just got six semi-nude um, high school um, cheerleaders on the screen with rehabilitation for runners and modern perspective I was just doing anything to entertain and uh, to get the message across I followed Ooh. that up with Daniel oh did you hear that, that was, yes. for, in case uh, you thought that was interference that was actually Anna Maria no. Sierra going, Daniel Craig no I was just admiring the turquoise, the, uh, the turquoise of the water I was mixing in like really important stuff like from Louis Gifford with where he said, I've got it on the screen here, so I'll read it out. If only you could twig that you are all ultimately doing the same thing, playing with processing. Yet because you don't see that, you're wasting a huge opportunity to help a great deal more and sell a great deal less. Now, even when I read that back, that doesn't offend me as such. I don't like the word wasting, but that's because I'm a little bit, it is wasting. He didn't mean it with malice, but I would then come out with with slides like, you know, somebody pointing at you as if it was like America needs you. And I'm saying, are you part of the problem or the solution? And I look at that now and I'm thinking, if I was a therapist who wanted to kind of learn something new and, and this person was on stage calling me a problem or a solution, I'd be a little bit kind of, oh, right, you're having a go at me. Oh, and I'd either be worried and, and leave it Matt, or, I'd, or just, I'd be angry, you know? Matt is so humbling. It's just so humbling listening to you just saying that. How many of us have done that? How many people are still doing that? You know, making making therapists feel that they are the problem. It's like if a, a client comes to us with pain and we make them feel it, it's them. You know, they are the problem. No. It's exactly that. I really, you know, I like what you just... said that because the people I see who are shouting out and saying this is bullshit and this mm. is, I'm, I'm thinking... Is that how you talk to your clients? Because if you're talking to fellow therapists who don't know you, you should be using the same empathy uh, and open questions and reflection as you yeah. do with your patients, you know, because yeah. you're still trying to communicate and educate. So, yeah. but we've, we've got a few years maybe on them. And I think it comes with age maybe. And, and, well, and I think, <laughs> well, me anyway, obviously <laughs> you're, you're still knee high degrees, grasshopper. But I think when you see the harm it does, Yes. I think when you see therapists and the arguments and people disappearing and businesses collapsing because they haven't had the confidence, they've had it ripped beneath them, then you start thinking, okay, if, you, if you've been educated, you've got a real big responsibility with your fellow therapist here. You've got to dial it down a bit. You've got to treat your fellow yeah. colleagues as the same also, as you would do a, yes. as a patient or client. I think that's what, are you, what are we hoping to achieve? Are we hoping to achieve uh, knowledge or are we trying to win a, a competition? This is what upsets me. Session ultimately is about knowledge. Ultimately, it's about improving, in our case, client care. Are we yeah. really improving client care by, you know, stamping our idea? No, our idea. So, but being, you know, like you said, to be aggressive. You know, I don't it think does, that's it does that. come across. It's like the old thing where most therapists know you should never ever slag off another therapist because the client is just going to look at you and they're not impressed. If you go, oh, that last guy you went to see was talking rubbish. She doesn't know what he's talking about. No clients were impressed with that. And yet, if you're talking to a fellow colleague, another therapist, and go, oh, that person who wrote that blog's an idiot. He's talking out of his ass. Still, even though you might be right, and, and I justify your anger and frustration, the person who's listening to you is not going to be impressed. They're going to think, oh, you're bad-mouthing another colleague. You can do that same to me when I, you know, and it doesn't work. You know? Yeah, and there are, there are other ways where we can show our frustrations. But definitely, you know, what I always... Yeah. Um, I always liked about your your approach. It, it always been quite humble, but it always been quite 
therapy centered. You're always scared about how the therapist was rece is receiving that message because actually you want the therapist to, to do well. So give yourself credit for that. You know, I think you perceive yourself much more aggressive than you probably you probably were. But certainly, you know, something needed to change in general, in general, for sure. I think that was Mike Stewart as well. I remember his presentation. I think it was back in 2014, which I, I went to made, made a point of seeing. And he's described how he was in Paris doing a conference. And at this time, he was still very big abroad. Um, and he was kind of sharing it with the UK. And I think there was like probably, there was definitely hundreds of people in front of him. And he said, right, everybody up, everybody up here who's done a, can you put your hand up if you've got a qualification in some kind of therapy? And everyone put their hand up, obviously. He goes, now keep your hand up if you've done some kind of qualification in education. And like, a massive hand just disappeared. I think, you know, a few went up and that really made me think because I have, I come from education and I'm still in education now. And, and he just talked for a good time about how we know now, the more we move away from being an operator, like, you know, um, Diane Jacobs would say into a facilitator by facilitating what we're talking about is educating and coaching. So a lot of those skills we need, and it doesn't, it still probably doesn't come unless you do kind of a level five with the ST school. It doesn't come naturally with a qualification. You know, it's not taught anymore. You're not taught to be an educator. So I think we need to remember that when we're talking with each other as well, if we're trying to teach something to, to our colleagues, then we need to be the same as you would be if you're teaching a class, you know, where you had that responsibility. Yeah, it's never, it's not only about delivering. This is the thing we're, it's not about delivering topic or delivering a content. It's actually inspiring people to want to know more, but also ensuring that the key messages that the particular learning outcome has been received. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's pointless. So otherwise, it's just literally bleh, delivering. Delivering is not enough. It's not therapies. We need to be biopsychosocial within education within uh, yeah within education that's as very well, well so. put i like that yeah. yeah i remember your psychosocial when you're ranting and raving at someone yes true yes what did nikki mansfield said that you just put it up and then nikki mansfield who's in by the way if people are listening to the live um video podcast and feel free to comment or ask questions nikki mansfield says 2016 is the first year i went i don't remember seeing daniel craig there no i don't <laughs> think it was was it yeah no. you're absolutely right no. listen when did the beard came into the scene because i think uh, i think you went away for a bit and you allowed the beard to grow is there any correlation with that your, that your was... wiseness grow oh, no that was my beard. first that was my first son I let it grow because obviously I was my first child and I didn't have the energy or the desire to, to, to Let's wash honest, or shave. Yeah. Yeah, and then like, I noticed he started pulling. Must be so lovely being your wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's won the lottery. And yeah. uh, he started pulling my beard at the time and it was just nice. And so I just let it grow. So by the time he was like two and I'd had a two year beard and that kind of stayed there. Um, yeah. And then it's funny because it stayed there until my second child was born. In fact, it stayed there until pretty much my return to Therapy Expo in 2016 yeah. Yeah. because um, I'd, have by, I'd had by then four years of my wife basically pretty much sleeping in a separate bed because of it. So, Fair enough. Really. And also I really wanted, I was kind of interested in seeing my children. My, my second born had never, never seen me without a beard. So I was all watched all these videos on YouTube. So I did it eventually in the bathroom. I just went, right, take it off. I walked downstairs thinking, right, what's this reaction going to be? And recorded it. And, and it was, yeah, it was lovely. It was fantastic. He stopped crying after about 20 minutes. <laughs> so when the beer came, when the beer <sighs> came back, did your uh, confidence to bring the 
topic to the masses came back again? Uh, I'd like to draw some kind of parallel. I don't. Can maybe. I don't know. Can it's we shoehorn it? Because, I mean, we should really give credit to you as well, because you were very much a player. I'm not sure at what point, but, but I mean, you came along to Run Chat Live conference, the first one, which was 2000 and... Yeah. 19 i think and that was in brighton it was amazing 19 there was oh, there was amazing conference yeah, right. but one of the Super most topics. beautiful i mean there was plenty of great moments there apart from all the amazing speakers coming from all over the world like i think the, the Barto, was, there was Barto. Uh, Barto, australia canada everyone 600 miles yeah. i think was the furthest the ticket yeah. i had to pay for to get someone Esculier there. Was, was there. Esculier Esculier, was there. Yeah, yeah yeah but but there was plenty of highlights but it was a really interesting time as well i think for manual therapy because i had all the something like 12 13 speakers up on the stage for a Q&A session with the floor because I thought you've got such a great opportunity here to ask questions from the people on the research yeah. papers you know and and they developed this fascinating debate between somebody there obviously yourself representing the the ST school um challenging and discussing with Jack Chu who at the time was very much starting to make waves in fact um uh, what they called Physio Matters podcast actually sponsored Run Chat Live and they were there filming it. So that's how the relationship I had with Jack and everything. And there was this great backs and forwards between you. And that spawned, I think, the beginnings of, oh, the massage community have actually got something to say yeah. now. They've, they're coming away from our image of just beauty salons, which is fine, out of just kind of that sort of care, to this is part of kind of the healthcare now. This is part yes. of the, you know, the allied professional kind of link. So and that was all because of that. So that was really nice. I still that think about lovely. that. Yeah, yeah, that was a very good. Because that, those were debates, debates that needed to be done. Mm. Even with Derek Griffin, you know, that she oh, just... Derek was there you know, as well, yeah, amazing. Yeah, oh, one of the best. I always, I think it's one of the best speakers ever. But, you know, it's just... It, it, and to me, it's each of our responsibility to actually take on those debates uh, and again not to not to to win them but to to show them that there is parts of uh, the evidence the research the approach they do not see there is bias everywhere you know and we're not all the same and 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 it's important that you know they start uh, we start having skills to learn how to debate around those tables because we certainly have things to say and and I you know I love your courses and I always wanted to run your courses anyway Matt because I I think you just cost so much to give I, I, I'm so interested in biomechanics and the true you know biomechanics how biomechanics can be implemented in clinical practice in terms of running and gait and I think you've got so much to teach you know um that it was really worth it to to bring back well it was it was it was because of the, and I've said this before on different podcasts but it was it's because of the great work which people primarily yourself but also kind of Mike Rice was there as well yeah. and I think I could count on one hand people who were doing it but kind of manual therapy educators who were embracing this biopsychosocial model and were including kind of pain education a little bit earlier on and they were kind of just giving students the confidence and the knowledge just to realize oh I'm not quite sure what's going on here you know this might not work with this person but I'm going to work with them I'm going to see what happens with them and then together we're going to find a solution or a way to live with this pain or whatever so because you've created that crowd um, along with uh, basically you and Mike and maybe a few other schools have changed. But um, 
yeah, that means I've, I, I'd like to think there's more of an audience now who will, you know, be in front of me at Therapy Expo or who will come along to the gate analysis course. Well, I've seen it from the one we ran so far. And, and they're, they're ready. They're like, okay, we understand now this isn't the case. We understand that this doesn't do that. This doesn't do that. In fact, we're reading every day on social media how this doesn't do that and this doesn't do that. But the question now at 2023 slash 2024 is, so what do we do? And that there's a little bit of a void there because the problem is that you've seen, and this is, I'm going to speak, you know, about gait analysis, but I think it's happened with manual therapy as well, is the temptation now in that circle is, well, there's no point doing gait analysis. If we know that runners all run differently and we know that there's no one's magic cadence and we know that we shouldn't all be landing on the front of our foot and that heel strike is fine, why bother doing gait analysis, you know? And in fact, when I did a gait analysis special on Munchet Live podcast a while back, um, and I spoke to four of the, the still the biggest researchers in the world, um, which included Esculia and Izzy Moore and um, uh, who else did I have on there? Or oh, uh, four people anyway. Um, and yeah, and uh, and they at first when I contacted them, they were like, oh, "I'm not sure that's really our cup of tea, Matt. I don't think you know we want to get involved in that because they thought I was going to be talking about you need to run like this or this is going to cause ITB syndrome or blah blah blah." And then I explained, "No, guys, this is me. Okay, it's Run Chat Live. Remember who you're talking to. What I'm doing here is saying." I'm proposing a course where, yes, we do need the runners to come in. Yes, we want to put them in a context where they're going to listen to us, i.e. running, you know, mm. and it's exactly the same as manual therapy and massage. Whilst you've got that contact and that therapeutic alliance, this is where you can, on top of everything else you may be doing, give some education, you know, get yes. them to open up, get some talking, get some reflection. So I'm very, and that's basically the essence of my gate analysis course. Yes, it's great to know the biomechanics in terms of how you can change load around the body. And depending on who comes to see you, then you can try some things to shift that load and help with the recovery whilst they're running, which is very important. But also a massive thing is it gives you a chance to explain to that runner gently, but effectively um, through kind of reflection and listening and, and, and active listening that maybe they do have to watch out for their nutrition their sleep or maybe do a bit of strength training if that's appropriate rather than it just going in one ear and out ear which happens to most of the running community because either one they've just been told stuff that doesn't work which unfortunately has been going for, for too long um or two they just believe now i don't need to see a professional i can sort out myself you know because you know that's the other the way the pendulum has swung so it's all changed a lot but i think i think we can be a bit positive because i look at therapy expo the hands on harb sta theater in particular our little horseshoe of beauty that's going to be this year and it's and i look at the speakers coming information being shared and the other great therapists you've got working for you and the, yeah it's, and it's a pretty powerful bubble now but it's yeah, so important I, how we talk to others i think it's really important yeah, how we communicate. and this this thing about um I quite i always bang on a little bit about it it's about this the importance of biomechanics because actually it's still one of the risk factors that together with psychosocial risk factors and environmental risk factors are part of the bigger picture that might then result in injury or pain and so on. So actually, we do not know, but could it be that by changing some of those biomechanics, might we be giving a little bit of symptom modification? Yes. You know, Together, though, with looking at the sleep, looking at everything else. So it's part of the picture. That's why 
um, on the, you know, a, on our hands on up, we divided, as you know, we divided those, this, the, the, our kind of talks into five principles. The story, mm. We called it the story, the five principles. Your principle, and so I love that, is heterarchy. I, need, I actually had to, I had to actually um, research what the word was, but I'm really aligned with that. And, and, and your view of biomechanics, uh, sorry, your view of gate analysis for runners, it is a, for you, so a gate analysis brings together all those systems, all those risk factors. There is no hierarchy. There is no one risk factor than higher for the higher for another. Yeah, there might be the big toe might not extend very well, but that will never create a problem unless the person, you know, is like you know suffering with lack of sleep and all these things. And that's why the way you present your gait analysis is so I'm gonna reappropriate to the word holistic. Mm, it's good uh, yeah yes i think mm. i think it's um i think it's important that uh, we make people understand that all those elements are part of it but it's the person in front of us so what do you think matt <clears throat> what do you think is changed or, or has anything changed to the way you would have taught the course you would have you would have taught the course years ago and now from your experience, what has changed in the evidence that you think? Yeah, good question. I mean, a lot of the the research hasn't really changed that much. Um, the re interesting research that has come out, if anything, it's like J.F. Esculia had a paper about patellofemoral pain this year, mm. I think. And, and he highlights, I think, because people are looking for the psychosocial factors now. Now they're looking for it within the studies. They're seeing more of it. For example, some people who they were given um, gait retraining, which in theory shouldn't have reduced. In fact, it didn't reduce load on patellofemoral, on the patellofemoral joint. It, it, when they measured it, um, it actually increased load on the joint. And yet their symptoms went down. So he was like, it's only because they were looking at that now and thinking, well, what, how could that happen? How can you put more load in a joint, which for a, a significant, statistically significant other part of the population reduce symptoms? How come these people actually got better when we changed a symptom, which should have been for the worse? And that opened the idea to maybe it is just simply if you tell somebody this is going to be better, this is going to help them. And you've, and you've established that therapeutic alliance. It hasn't just been come in, do this, you're going to be better. No, no, no. You've, you've built up this time and you've given them things that um that uh because it was a blinded trial so maybe these factors are something else we should be looking into and manuela besomi who's also worked with jennifer mm. schooley from australia via um chile um she has uh, also done a lot of work where she thinks that running injuries we need to divide people up into different personality types and things like that because yeah, that's yeah. going to be a category where are you yeah. more likely to get this injury or this injury and so on so there's some really uh, interesting studies going out there to do with that the other stuff hasn't changed so much but what what i've changed what i realize is it's just the way i deliver it really it's just ref it, i've got to be very flexible according to who's in front of me the different personalities the same way as i would approach any class you know i don't want it to come across as a teacher and students i want it to be very much more and even plain which is what active listening and the great work of dr gary mendoza is about it's the same with your clients you don't seat 
yourself higher than them because they're not going to change their behavior if they're told to. They need to reach that conclusion themselves. It's very much the same on a course. You're just all sitting around a, a round table. There's no head to it and you're turning things over. So as an educator, it's got to be, you've got to be clever and subtle and, and just to sow some seeds and let people reflect at the right time at the right kind of on the right day and let these, let this learning happen naturally because that's really what I'm doing. Um, these people could read pretty much anything I say. If they found the right pl place on the internet, they could read it and they could save themselves some money, but it's the delivery, it's the absorption, it's the reflection, it's, it's the discussion with their peers, and then suddenly coins start dropping, which is what education is all about. You know, we've yeah, all got inside it. Yeah, know? absolutely. It's all about discussion. It's all about the Socratic method, kind of, mm. you know, lets them, lets people discover or let's provide some questions. The question gives them options. Mm. And are those options that then they explore and knowledge comes from, from within when they're ready. Self-motivation anyway, self-motivation. So uh, I know that you are um, presenting a hands-on app on, uh, on day two. Uh, but you have, I think it's the, the first one is on Wednesday, the 22nd of November at 1 p.m. in Theatre C, the Gate Analysis for Learners, a modern approach that is the theoretical uh, part of it. And the day after, you will be at 12.55 at the hands-on app. But you're not presenting it by yourself this year. You're presenting it with CDART. Yeah. So what's the, what's the collaboration? Tell us a little bit about well, it. I'm very excited because... Cause... In fact, another way my course has changed, like on my first on my first presentation at Therapy Expo, because I was going over them again when I knew we were going to have this chat. I even though I worked in in a fantastic gate lab with cameras and a reversible treadmill, like a Sprintex, it was beautiful treadmill, kind of eight thousand pound back in like twelve years ago. I was trying to tell people you can use your phone if you want, you know, you know. And I was doing Coach's Eye for Android and UberSense or something for in iphone and i didn't even mention my own gate lab because again i was just trying to find people cheap alternatives and trying to kind of like oh please like what i've got to say and kind of it's just very gentle and and on this course i'm much more right listen to what the people need and 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 deliver what they what works for them so we very much approach people who might still want to use their cameras because they don't have the business model or the income or the need for kind of something flashier um, and then we introduce kind of middle market for people who've got a bit of money to invest and they're going to have a lab and they want to um, kind of uh, have that sort of clientele come into the lab. And then the people with lots of money for whatever reason, or they want to try to attract people from abroad. Like we had a great Stride UK lab and a lot of our practice or no local people. All our, most of our people came from either the north of England traveling down or they came from abroad, from Netherlands or the States or something, because we had a real pucker 3D gate analysis lab. It was beautiful. Um, little did they know that it's all about the interpretation of the data. It doesn't matter what system you use, but it still was our market. And that's what we did. But on this course, a lot of it is business model. Okay. A lot of it, because that's something I've learned over by looking at businesses fail, especially because of COVID. A lot of our CPD needs to be business knowledge and that's why in the sta for example you've got andy hosgood from elevate your clinic who's doing a great talk on, on how to look after your business because again we don't get taught that we're taught how to twist this poke that do that release that but what use is that if you're not you know having a great business model so on the lab on the gate course we do um, look at different versions of software 
But again, I do involve the evidence. One of the things I'm quite big on is, for example, markers. You know, I look at reliability. Um, let me bring a slide up. This kind of lets people have a little know. Again, I'll talk this through for people listening um, on the podcast. But this is quite an important slide, which I dwell on within the course. Um, if you're not aware of it. So, yeah, if you're going to whatever system you're using, you can choose whatever you like, as long as you've got reliability, because if you've got a runner in front of you and you're going to tell them, ah, oh, this is what's happening. If you then put them on five minutes later and you don't see the same thing and the angles changed or if they come in a week and you're expecting to see whether they've changed, but you haven't got that reliability, then your system sucks. You can't you shouldn't really be be using that. In fact, you can't. You shouldn't. It's not ethical. So you've got to have a system where basically it's got intra-rate of reliability, which is a flashy word. But it basically it means how consistent are you at measuring a constant phenomenon? So if you decide somebody's got. 36 degrees knee flexion at mid stance, then every single time you measure them using your equipment, it's got to come up with that. Otherwise, the way you're doing it shouldn't, you shouldn't be charging for it. And then there's inter-rater reliability, which is how consistent are other individuals at measuring the same phenomenon using the same gear as yours. So maybe there's a few of you working in the clinic, like I was working with my brother. So if we're using a reliable system, I should get the same degree of knee flexion, for example, as he would. Otherwise, if they're changing, then again, we've got the problem which they had with trigger points, for example, and, and anatomy trains and things where these professionals couldn't agree on find the same things when they were tested. So that kind of guides, I hope, people on my gate course to realizing that they I'm kind of big that you do need markers. Because all you got to do is if you are just thinking, right, yeah, 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 that's that's the lateral decanter there. I'm going to that's where I'm going to put my mark. And that's kind of the that's where the hip's going to be, the, the bone there. That's going to be the greatest decanter there. And let's do that. That could change your angle by three or four degrees, which if you're looking at the evidence and, and interpreting the evidence in some way, then that's make a big difference. So over the years, I mean, I know there are people like Rich Willie, for example, who's one of the most famous researchers. When I chatted with him, he does he just does visual gait analysis now, just uses his eyes. But this is Rich Willie. I mean, he can do that. He's got the experience and the um, and the knowledge and not to overestimate or over presume what he's seeing. But for the humble kind of therapist who's running gait analysis in their lab and hasn't got all that experience of doing research, then you do. I think need markers and people might argue with me on that. So that's something which has, has changed on the course. I'm not really interested. I won't tell people that if you're just filming somebody and then looking at it, then you're going to help many runners because it's, it's not accurate enough. Okay. And the research supports that. We know that if you've got markers and um, then 2d gate analysis, is just as comparable to 3d, maybe not in the transverse plane. So so, yeah, that's something that's changed, which is where, sorry, and a long answer to this. That's why I uh, invited um, Siddharth Hans, who's the uh, co-creator, the co-founder of Gaton by Optimo. He's coming over the first trip to the UK um, because his gear, his, his Gaton is not something that everybody has to have. But it is a, it's my favorite for middle ground, affordable which is important for so many therapists in these times and accurate and they're dedicated to the research. So it's not the only one at all. And I'll make sure in the presentation I'm saying I'm not selling his gear. I'm not getting any commission, but it is one thing you should be um, considering 
when you're looking at your business because the return for your investment, the help you get from the staff and all these important things. So it's great. He's coming over. He'll be able to talk, um, you know, firsthand on, on, on yeah, his gate on motion analysis software. And there is an absolute place for, for equipment, um, softwares, and there is an absolute place because actually he engages the client. He, again, he allows the client to, First of all, understand visually is really, really good. And secondly, it allows the client to monitor their own pro- progress or lack of it and maybe become more, more accountable. Definitely. You know, there's something we some... talk about on the course as well. And that's a really important point you've just said, because again, if you've got run, if you're, if you're the most popular person in your running club and you've got them queuing up and you know, you've got a stream of people ready to bang in the door, why are you going to bother spending loads of money on flashy lights and, and impressive stuff? You've already got your customers waiting there. So it'd be silly to spend too much when they're already ringing on the doorbell. But if you haven't got that circle of customers and you know that you want to go for more kind of high market people to travel down, you're going to charge more because that fits in with your business model and get people maybe coming from abroad, then yes, you need on your website to be able to show I've got the most expensive, fantastic system out there because otherwise, argue, why are they going to invest? Matt, Matt, I argue that you actually could do with it even if you already have your uh, client base because it's it's a way to engage the client within the experience of your treatment. So let's say you got, you got your runner, you're already seeing your runner, but let's say that every six months you, you might be pre, pre-season or post-season, you might want to monitor the progression, the changes. I, and I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad thing. So I, I often do it with a pressure plate. You know, it's like yeah. more about more about um, checking in. You don't, you know, not even giving in any any interpretation to it. It's just a monitor of of where the person is is at the time. So I think it's, it keeps the, the client engaged. I, I am a big fan of technology in healthcare. Big fan. Definitely, but it's interesting what you said as well because I would hazard of it interested if people are listening to this and you do do gate analysis i always recommend to people who are currently doing gate analysis because my course isn't just for beginners it's designed for people who haven't done it before um, and i give you the tools to set it up and help help you make decisions which suit your business and your clientele but i'm also interested in talking to people who are already doing it but are suffering who aren't quite getting the money in they're not getting the clients back because we talk it through and then the first thing is it's like, are you keeping an eye on how many clients don't come back? How many clients, what you're telling them doesn't work? Because again, if you're just concentrating too much on the biomechanical lens, we can pretty much guarantee you're not going to get much more than 50% of your clients having success because we know that there's a whole load of other factors which are involved in human pain experience yeah. and injury and stuff. So I think a lot of therapists in gate analysis at the moment, and people I've talked to, they rely on getting that client in for the session and then they don't really see them again because one, either it's gone wrong or two, they don't have much confidence that they've got that reliability. You know, I've used gain analysis software before where I've put someone on and the next time I've done it, it's totally different. And I thought, oh my God, what have I done? And it's, I've got the client there in front of me. So it's a right hoo-ha, but you need to check this out. You need to have reliability yeah, if you're going to yeah. get Marcus, you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Otherwise you just... Uh making a mockery of the whole process. Just your business model. Every time you do something which you're kind of winging it, 
it might get you through the odd analysis where we've all been there where it just goes wrong and it's just too embarrassed and it's just oh my god you know the markers come off when they're running because they're so sweaty or the light's too hot and you just have to kind of do it you're not going to start it again because you've got another client coming in but in the long-term model for your business you need to if you're going to use software you need to really know and have tested that you've got the reliability there otherwise you're doing yourself a misservice you're going to send people away who've paid money for you and they're not going to get better you know, half of them might do because it was just coincidence or it's natural history, but yeah. you can't you can't rely on that. It's not a great business model. Okay, so what are you what are you gonna talk? Uh, the, so what is gonna be? Tell us about your talks. Tell us exactly why. So the different and probably what I quite like the the audience to know is the difference between the two talks: the one you're doing on the theater and the one that you do at the hands on app. What is the difference between the two? So the idea, I mean, I appreciate some people might, won't be able to go to both days because, again, you haven't got enough money or you've got clients on one day or the other. But the first one, um, which is on the Wednesday, which is day one of Therapy Expo on November the 22nd, 2023, that's a one o'clock in theatre to see. That's half an hour, which is kind of, it's both of us, but Siddharth has kind of said, Matt, this is kind of more your bag now. I'm going to introduce myself, tell people about the, what I do, what the principles of Gaten are. Um, but for that, it's kind of what we've kind of talked about. You know, I'm going to really highlight the fact that it's the interpretation of the data which is most important. It's the reliability. Um, and I'll mention how Gaton can be a really affordable way of getting this reliability. Um, but it's going to be about that. It'll highlight, hopefully, I've got to start off by getting people in there, putting their hand up to know what they know and don't know. And that's something over my head every time I'm driving, I'm thinking, right, I'm going through my presentation all the time. Like it's only four weeks away, but we're going to kind of reflect off the people who are in there. I mean, it depends. Is everyone in there using gate analysis? What percentage aren't? How many are using 2D or 3D? So I will change it on the spot because that's what I do depending on who's in there. Yes. But, <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm not the know. only one. No, I'm no, I've got about 50 slides and I'll use about 12 of them. But, yes, um, yes. Because that's what it's got to be. Because again, yeah, yeah, yeah. the same way as we're working yeah, with humans, so we're also presenting to humans and, yeah, and they're yeah. all individuals and all that different stuff. But I want, I want to just to lay the seeds, let a few people who might not realise about the, the, the limitations of the biomechanical lens that there is other stuff, but then also stress the fact that gait analysis is a massively useful tool. Don't feel that you have to throw it away because now it's all about psychosocial, not at all. If anything, one of the, like you said, one of the strongest things about getting a runner onto a treadmill in your clinic is you're dipping into that psychosocial there. You've got the context, you've got the therapeutic alliance and all that. So it's not just that because a lot of it is also, um, gate retraining for load redistribution so when we'll talk about that the biomechanics where we know that certain ways um, of the joint position will lead to more stress and this often more stress means kind of heightened chance of pain but then also stress can be mental as well so it'll be the theory and then the if if people really like it maybe they'll just book the hotel for next night and they'll stay for thursday I know. So, yeah, for Thursday, which will be in your hands on hardware, thanks to you, we've got an hour. That's going to be a real chance for Siddharth to take over and really show you what Gaton is capable of. Obviously, he's the creator of Gaton, so he's very interested that you guys see it at its best. And if it works for your business model, then great. Um, if it doesn't, then hopefully what we'll do together is help you kind of have a little discussion in your head afterwards about like what suits me, 
maybe not Gaton, maybe I want to pay a bit more, maybe I want to pay a little bit less and so on. But we'll try and help you make that decision in a practical Yeah, but also, Matt, I think, I think it's also kind of a – it's a practical application of what you're going to be talking on the Wednesday. So it's kind of – it puts it into perspective, into the clinic – it contextualizes clinically what does – looks like what does it look like when we are in clinic what does gate on can add to your gate analysis how does gate analysis within a biopsychosocial framework looks like and Definitely. that's 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 why I'm, I'm quite excited about that because it's actually showing people yeah we all talk about the biopsychosocial but when i'm there when i close the door and i'm there with my runner what do I do? Because mm-hmm. they have the pain. They are not coming in for, for them to feel that they, they've been cancelled. They just, you know, they, 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 they have expectations. And how do I help them through their expectations to make sense of the pain and what does? So I, I really quite like the practical applications of it. Definitely. And this is why I think soft tissue therapists, and, I mean, I'm from a massage background, and maybe that is what gives me you know, has, has trained me and helped me with my empathy and my interest yeah. in listening to people. Because when you've got someone on the couch for an hour, then you do learn to listen. You know, hopefully if you're a good therapist, then you are. Or you're learning, even though they're not talking, you're, you're reading their body and looking at the other communication you can have with the client, you know, during that contact and, and all the other wonderful things. So I think maybe that that gives, you know, soft tissue therapists have naturally got a a good empathy already to to really understand people when they are coming in in injury and pain in their runners you know yeah, and, and you, you imagine you know you've got the runner if you if you're actually have the runner to discuss about the pain and injuries mm. related you know while they're discussing about their running i mean you're just therapeutic alliance straight away isn't it runners love you know for somebody else's to 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 appreciate the importance of running for, for the importance of running in, in, in the client's life. So once you show that and you actually show and, you know, take an interest on they running, they way of running and what running means to them, you know, as movement, wow, you know, that's therapeutic alliance built up straight away. Definitely. That's why I think it's got, gate analysis got tremendous place in, in, in our framework. Yeah, I think absolutely, so. absolutely. And again, it's, I mean, I'm really conscious as well of helping people's businesses as I've got older and as I think because of COVID as well. And, yeah. and I also let people know that if you are a runner and, and you're a massage therapist, then chances are you've got these skills. If you've got the right software and the right hardware, then you can find a way of making more money in less yeah. time. Hello. Yeah. That's what helps a business survive. Because yes, yes. if you're a great person with great active listening and, and great mo- motivational interviewing and stuff, and you're still only earning a maximum of 45, 50 pounds an hour, or maybe more if you're in London or whatever, or even maybe less, depending where you are in the country, then it's then your business is going to be more precarious depending on what your lifestyle's like. So if you've got those skills and you can suddenly find a way of maybe charging 150, 200, 300 pounds for an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, and great, yes. you know, you deserve it because you've got the skills. You're not ripping anyone off. Yes. You're giving people, you know. So I like yeah, that as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. I people, very much. People. Yeah, just starting thinking a little bit outside the box. Hmm. Yeah, that's 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 very good, you know, because we think all often massage therapists thinks that 
thinks of themselves only as operators. So like, you know, this is the only thing we can provide is with our hands, actually, no skill set can be brought, mm-hmm. can be definitely brought. So, well, this is comes nearly at the end of uh, our Very chat, quickly. Miss Mr. Phillips. Mm. Uh, is there anything that you like us to keep an eye out uh, uh, in terms of uh, therapy? What are you looking forward to see at Therapy Expo? It's going to be difficult for me because, well, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful and difficult as well because I've obviously got the STA theatre and I've chosen the speakers and I'm very excited. Obviously, I've chosen people that I think are going to be really useful and, and impress everybody. And, and yes, super. So I want to see all of them. You know, we've got some great up. stuff going yeah, on. There. Yeah, super. But up. one of the problems of having such, you know, next door got the hands and hub, and I'd love to see Imi Tester. I'm, I've, I'm very interested in Feldenkrais and play and all mm. that. So I'd really love to see that. I won't be able to because I'll have to host it. I have to, like, it's an issue, but it just won't coincide. John Scrivens from Jersey, thanks yes, to destroying the principles. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to go and see what that's about. So I think, and I've said this to quite a few people now on the on the STA podcast, with Therapy Expert, actually, we're going to have a chat about this, not next week, because next week is Alistair Beverly. Oh, that's gonna be a I love, fact, I let love, me say, <laughs> let me I finish love. on Alistair Beverly. So I, I met Alistair Beverly because of you at last year's oh, did Therapy you? Expo. Yeah, just yeah. love Alistair. And uh, Alistair Beverly, for people who don't know, is the Learning Disability Physio or the LDPhysio.com. And um, primarily he works through personal experience with people with learning disabilities. And his big passion is making people realize that just because you've got a learning disability doesn't mean you're not a person anymore, you know, um, I've, I've interviewed him on the podcast and, and is a fantastic person um, and amazing message for all therapists. Um, and his talk is going to show that um, his talk, if I can remember, is um, oh, I wish I had the title written down. How to keep your head on or something, what they didn't teach you about communication. Yes, communication. Yeah. And it's because because he deals with people who are vulnerable to not being able to communicate in the normal ways or might have explosions, then you have to be really, you have to up your game and be able to spot signs and communicate well and react and see and everything. But that, those are skills which he's going to show aren't just for the people with learning disabilities. They're for everybody because people with learning disabilities are human and they've got these emotions just the same as any human was, any human has. So he's going to really help anybody who finds sometimes, how do I get through to this person? They're being really difficult with me. I don't know how to get through there or, um, so it's going to be amazing. So he's next week. Yeah. And then the week after that um, on the STA podcast, then it's going to be myself, Gary, um, Gary Benson, founder of the STA, and Andy Hosgood, who I mentioned, Ooh, are going Andy's to do. Very yeah, good. Andy's very, very good. We're going to do an episode on trying to help people on how to get the most out of Therapy Expo this year based on the fact that there is too much to see. Okay, there is too much good stuff to see. And we don't want people to try and see everything. And one of the messages I think is going to be chat with each other. You know, you will learn from having a five or 10 minute conversation with your colleague. What did you see? What did they talk about? Bam, seed sown sort of thing. So it's going to be interesting. We're going to have, don't we? We're going to have a little area for people to decompress a little bit. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Based on our recommendation, Therapy Expo, I think, have doubled the size of the community chat. We've got the speakers lounge. Yeah. So there will be time, hopefully, for people to even just say, you know what, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to go and see a presentation now. I'm yeah. going to have a gap and just mingle and I chat. I think it's going to you know? be in front of uh, um, Anzona, Bestier, and uh, Rehab My Patient Stand. Oh, yeah. 
because yeah, he yeah. said, yeah, and I think he said, he said, yeah, it's like a breakout room to, we wanted something where therapists can network and maybe discuss about what they just thought and uh, make sense of it. So valuable, you know, people who maybe mm. you don't, you haven't spoken to before. Yes. You know, we know, don't we, when you go on a course, you learn, yeah, you learn from the guy or girl on the, on the top who are talking to you or whatever, but it's from talking to your peers around you. They're the connection, the, the business so connections much. as well yeah, that yeah, you yeah. make. I, I just couldn't. Could, it's worth every single penny. It's worth every single penny. Hmm. So yeah, coming to see your presentation. There is that as well. If you do work with runners, or you're a coach, or personal trainer works with runners, or a therapist, or if you're a therapist who wants to get into working with runners, then yeah. And apparently, Matt is going to do one of his Frankenstein's. Uh, we weren't going to mention the Frankenstein. Ah, uh, Frankenstein funk. dance. No, no, no. That was yeah. just for the kids. Oh, oh. okay. So, uh, do you want to close your own uh, podcast, or shall I close it for you? I think it'd be quite nice for you to tell people what they've been listening to, where Thank it's available you. to listen oh, to, and, and then I'll leave so it with you. Thrilled. You have the final word. I am so thrilled to say that. I, first of all, I'm very, very honoured. So me presenting Run Chat Live. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Please come and listen to Matt on Wednesday, November the 22nd at 1pm at Theatre C and on Thursday, November the 23rd at 12.55 at the Hands On Up. But thank you very much for listening and bye for now. You're listening to Run Chat Live podcast, putting the evidence back into running injury and performance.